0: I have a question for you. Have you ever had a desire to minister to people? Now, what I mean by that is getting people born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, lay hands on them, get them healed. You know, in the Bible, Jesus spent three and a half years training his disciples to do what he did. Church services in America today, and I say church services, I'm talking about Sunday morning, Sunday night or Wednesday night, are really not designed to train people to do ministry. But I believe there's a lot of people that want to learn to do ministry. But I begin to think, why is it that most people don't know how? I started with this desire to have a Bible school, and I called it Ambassador School of Ministry. Before I started pastoring this church 30 years ago, I traveled around the world. I've been to over 20 nations preaching the gospel in Haiti, Venezuela, Colombia, Mexico, Russia, India, Africa, the Ukraine, the Bahamas, many, many places. I've had the great joy of standing in front of crowds and leading many, many people to Jesus, seeing them saved, healed, filled with the Holy Ghost, and delivered, cast devils out of people in Venezuela, Caracas, and Maracaibo, and, and and just as I traveled around the country, and. So the lord has laid it on my heart to start a school of lay ministry and what this is is a time for the ones of you that want to set your time aside the ones of you that really want to learn we're going to go into great detail and get in the word of god and go into depth and teach you how to do ministry amen and you can sign up again amen for the fall session Hey, I got a question. Y'all are ready to take up this evening's offering? All right. You know, I, I love talking about this. I got to tell you what I've been doing all for the last two days. I got to tell you, I've been writing my book. You know, when I was with Mark Hankins, he looked at me and says, you need to get a." You know, I was, t- we, we were, I was telling him a story and he says, you need to write a book. And Nancy told me that. Ashley told me that. Lisa told me that. Other people told me that. So I, I wrote one. And I kind of put it on aside while I did the school. So once the school was over, bam, Tuesday nights. So I was so into it, I looked at Justin and said, you need to preach Wednesday night. I'm not ready. So I, I actually finished the handwritten part of it today. Totally finished, my first book. So I'm going to tell you, wow, you're talking about inside of me. I mean, I'm just in it. You know, I'm diving into it and swimming um, so I got to get it typed up and then get it to, um, Sean Fowles, which is an editor. And then I called Mark Hankins today and found out about a publisher. So I'm excited to get this out. I mean, to me, it's like quite an accomplishment. I got so many goals I want to do in life, so many. And so, you know, I'm just excited that I'm going to be able to get that done. I got a second book I've already started. Yeah. So, and... So the first book's called If Any Man, dealing with my life story. The second one's called The Storyteller. All the stories you hear all the time that Jesus told me. When He'd come in the room, pull up a chair and say, you want to hear a story? And I put them all in a book, plus a few more, plus a few more. So, so I'm excited about that. I thought you'd like to know that. But before we take up an offering, let me, let me share with you where we are on the building. Last Sunday, this church received right at $7,000 toward the building, and we matched it, $13,830 paid off this week, just in one week. We're, you guys are doing awesome. So Lisa and I today, we're talking, I need something from you. Are you all ready? Betty, do you remember Bear Lake, the pavilion where we could uh, do picnics? I don't know whether that's available or anybody knows. Is it available? Well, anybody that knows anybody that can help us, I want to rent a place for our church to have a huge picnic. Bring your boats. Bring your jet skis. We're bringing the food. We're going to get a professional uh, a caterer to come out and do all the cooking. We're not doing any cooking. I'm not asking you all to do. Don't do nothing. We're going to bring in the food, we're going to cook, barbecue, we're going to, you know, I, I want to just blow it up. So I need a little help. If y'all know of any place on the lake, um, um, I don't think it'll be that long, far away, uh, July, August, somewhere around there. But anyway, I want to do that. So that, that's being done. Hallelujah. But one more thing, let, let me say about Prosperity. Today I was, yesterday I was eating an avocado. And I've been eating a lot of avocados lately. You know how big the seed is in that thing? It's about that big. So I'm going to ask you all a question. It's real deep. Where does the tree come from when you plant the seed? I know you're nodding. Okay, the whole tree comes out of that seed. Well, okay, there's a lot of wood in a tree. A seed's that big. Where is the wood coming from? The ground. Dirt. Trees made out of dirt. In other words, it's a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Are y'all in agreement with that? Because, I mean, mean, just stop for a minute and just think. the, The sap... All of the avocados, the leaves, they're coming out of dirt. And how does it know to turn the dirt into an avocado? I mean, after a while, the little seed opens up and has roots, which I don't know how it does that. And it goes down and gets all the nutrients, but it turns it into only one kind of tree. It doesn't, do, it doesn't go, oh gosh, corn, man, we were an avocado. Did, did it wrong, we did it wrong, we did it wrong. Uh, everything is in that little seed it's in, but it's literally, here's my point it's impossible isn't it? I mean I don't, I don't know whether we've ever sat back and just given thought to a seed that big growing a tree and and, and you say well it, it was in the seed the trees, there's no way the, seed, the tree's in that seed seed not big enough and like Bob said, it's in the dirt. <laughs> Dirt's dirt. I've seen a dirt. I've never seen wooden dirt. I've never seen pecan dirt. I've never seen walnut dirt. Corn dirt. What's corn dirt? It's a, it's a miracle. I, I'm saying that because I'm taking up an offer. <laughs> How does your money know to reproduce and bring money? Sowing and reaping is still a miracle. Even though uh, seeds are easy, it's not anything hard. Just put in the ground, put some water in it, shut up, Pastor. It, it'll work. It just trust me, it'll work. Well, sometimes I feel like it's like just give and put some water on it and it'll come back. But the truth is, every time you give, you are beginning a miracle. It'll take God to take that seed to pull everything it needs and the money to find you. Tell me how that works. You, tell me how your money knows you gave it. All right. I know this is too deep for Wednesday night. But it does. It's crazy. I was sitting and writing my book, and I was telling the story about how I learned. And I got to tell y'all something, if y'all don't think bad of me, I cried halfway through my own book. Do you know why? It kept bringing back memories of the goodness of God. And I kept going, That was a miracle. That was a miracle. That was a miracle. It's a miracle. I don't know how it works. But I know Luke six thirty-eight says this give and it shall be given. Good measure, press down, shake together, run it over. Shall God cause men to give to you? How? I don't have any idea. By God though it works. Amen. Father, thank you for the opportunity tonight to sow into the kingdom of God and I pray that as we sow tonight, that we understand that every time we walk up, we're kicking a miracle off. And and you know you think we only need to plant seed once? No, farmers plant seed a lot, and we plant seed a lot. We'll be doing it till you return, and during the millennial reign, we'll be sowing seeds. Their seed time and harvest will go on for forever and forever and forever, and the earth lives by it, and we live by it. How does it work? I don't really know, but I sure am glad it does. And I give you thanks for it. And we say the seed sown tonight will come back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over into the hands of those that sow it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Lisa was going to hit play. Someone was going to hit music.
1: Praise the Lord. I'm going to introduce our guest speaker tonight. You guys think it's me and it may not be me. Maybe it's somebody else. It's Pastor Jeannie. Give her a round hand. I'm just kidding. Are you ready? In, in season and out of season? Well, praise God. Man, I just want to see the look on her face when I said that. Tonight, um, I'm going to be talking about Faith. And it's interesting, Dad was talking about a seed because I've been talking to the Lord lately about a lot of my seeds. And tonight is going to be faith plus, plus what equals substance. Because lately I'm taking the things and the seeds and the things I've been sowing and I'm asking the Lord, how does it work? How can I guarantee that my, the seeds and the things I'm sowing are going to bring a return? And, you know, one time a man came into the church to Brother Hagan, and he said, I've been tithing my whole life. And he says, I've never seen uh, my finances come back. And he says, he says, I'll make you a deal. He said, 30 days, take the word of God, put it and mix it with your tithe, put your faith on it and come back and tell me if something didn't change. He said, Within 30 days, the man came back and he said, oh, my goodness, you wouldn't believe the things that have been happening in my life. So. There really, sometimes you can't just put your seat in the ground like he's saying, and just walk away from it. There's a watering process, and I believe faith is a big part of that watering process. So I want to look a little bit at that tonight. Um, we're going to begin with our first scripture. It's going to be. Let's go up to my iPad. Um, actually, let's go to Romans three twenty-seven. Can you pop that up real quick? Talking about faith, how faith works, how to, to get faith, your faith to work. How to make it work according to the word. Where is boasting then? Is it excluded by what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. The Lord was telling me the other day, because I was talking about certain things, he said there's a law that's in effect, and it's called the law of faith. You're going to have to do things according to that law if you want it to work. Just like you have the law of sowing and reaping, you have the law of spirit of life, um, you know, and there's natural, you have the law of gravity, so the law of faith has its own rules that you're going to have to follow, and so I started going, okay, well, how does this work? So um, interesting. Uh, I love. I was t- telling Shantae we were talking about the truck she's asking about. And says, you know, Pastor Mark, he keeps asking me when he can have it back. And um, you know, I've learned that that truck is starting to mean more to me because it's not that it's just the truck that I believe that you know that I've always wanted. But it's a statement about what happened in my life, you know, that time that I started putting the word of God. And uh, lately, I've been, you know, uh, my bank called me today and said, you know, you're, you missed a mortgage payment. And I was like, no, I thought you guys said that it was already paid. And they said, no, it wasn't paid. Now you got to pay this month and last month. And sometimes you're believing and you're like, okay, great. Now I know I owe another 700 on top of what I already owe. And you're like, Lord, when am I going to start seeing some of these blessings and some of the seed that I've been sowing? And I walked out and he says, you remember how you got the truck? And I was looking at it the other day and I said, yeah. He said, how? I said, it was by faith. He said, did you have the money? No. He said, what did you have? I said, well, I took the word and I took um, different scriptures and I started applying it to what I wanted to see. And he said, exactly. There's things in your life that, you know, Amber and I were talking the other day, you know, there's times where you create budgets and do things, but there's things you still want. And the Lord says, What is faith? I said, okay. So Hebrews 11, uh, 11, 11-1. It says, I'm going to go ahead and read it because everybody should know the Scripture. Mm -hmm. Now faith is. When is it? It's right now. now. It is. Faith is all the time. It's working. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The Lord said to me, He said, what happened to your faith? He said, it produced a substance, did it not? There's an actual truck or something that's sitting here, the land, the property that you were believing God for. Me and Mom, were, you know, we were starting to pray and believe God for land, and our faith produced a substance. So what is a substance? It's a particular kind of matter with uniform properties, or the real physical matter of which a person or a thing consists, and it's tangible, and it's a solid presence. Now, we were reading John G. Lake's book and he was saying you have heavenly substances like angels and the things that are in heaven and you have an earthly substance. But faith, what faith does is it takes the realm of the unseen and brings it into the realm of the seen. Your faith takes the things you're believing God for and creates a substance. Not how much money you're budgeting in. Sometimes, yes, those things help. But a lot of times for me, it wasn't even that I... You know, a lot of I'm I'm always thinking, and what's funny is even after I got the truck last year, you go back to thinking the way you did. You get one victory, and then you start thinking, okay, I wanna see, I wanna build a new home, and so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start budgeting, I'm gonna pay off, you know, get rid of more debt, we're gonna budget this, we're gonna cut this out. And and I think that's all very good. But the Lord said, How did you get the truck? Would you get it from budgeting? I said, Nope. I said, Clearly from faith. He said, Yes. He said, start believing me for substance. I want to see substance in in your life. I mean, come on, the heavens are filled with the streets of gold. God's got, when you get there, you're not going to be broke. You're not going to be squalling and bawling. He doesn't care that you have it. Now, actually, it says that God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God wants you, think about that, God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. He wants you to increase. He says he wants us to go from faith to faith, and not just only in our personal lives, but and how we're ministering to people and how the things we're doing in our job. But particularly, I'm praying to the Lord about I want to build another home and uh, on the property, and, and I want this to be paid off, and I want to do this and pay the truck off and that. And so he said, By faith, by faith, by faith. He said, Faith produces substances. You're believing God for things. He says, That's what faith does, is it makes things come from the evidence of things not seen that unseen reality, and it creates an actual physical solid that's there. And that's what it says, but faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, we'll get into hope a little bit later, because it's a very, you need um, substance. So let's go to Romans 10.5. And, you know, it's funny, because I was telling uh, Shantae and Dad, I said, you know, I really want to preach on the end times, and every time I turn around, the Lord will say something like grace or faith. And, um, and uh, Zach, got, we got talking the other night about I love hanging out with people that talk about faith. You need people, hang around people that talk faith. Many people will say, you know, um, well, I just don't believe in all that faith stuff. Well, that's your first problem is you're calling the precious things of God. faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, and you're calling it faith stuff. That means you don't pay a very high regard on what God, he really likes to I mean, Jesus Marvel when the centurion man came to him, and it wasn't the, there wasn't the top religious people in church that came to Jesus. It was a man that was in the military. And he says, you speak the word, and my servant will be made whole. And Jesus said, wow, wow. <laughs> he says he, he marveled. And they, I guess he didn't marvel much. You know, being the son of God, he probably saw a lot of things, but he marveled that the man's faith was saying, just speak the word. Sometimes you have to realize that it's, you're just going to speak the word what you're believing God for, and you say, Lord, at at your word, I'm gonna see these things come to pass. But it's not that you're like I said with grace the thing with grace last or a couple weeks ago was that once you speak that word, like Jesus like the centurion said, speak the word, grace is that now it's he's working. But you're believing and, and, and think about that. Jesus lives in you, and the centurion looked at him and said, You speak the word, and it'll come to pass, whatever you say. What about you, speaking the word? Do you believe your own words? Do you have faith in your own words? Yeah. So we're going to read this, um, Romans ten five. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend to heaven? That is to bring Christ from down from above, or who will descend to the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, the word can't be just in your mouth apart from your heart, and it can't be just something that you heard Pastor preach. It's in your heart, but it's never in your mouth. There's going to be both of them together. So the word of faith which we preach, who's we? What Paul preached, what John preached. Now I'm going to have to give credit to Zach because the other day we were talking about Pastor Mark. And uh, he said, well, you got the same faith as Pastor Mark. And I said, well, no, I don't. Actually, he was correct. Yeah. We do have the same faith. Yeah. And um, maybe, and one, one thing I was listening to Brother and he said, we have the same faith, but it may not, just because you choose to exercise your faith differently and you choose to do, do that, it'll grow. We're, we're given the same measure of faith. Um, Paul, Peter was a faith preacher. One of Peter's first sermons was, he said, have faith. In the name of Jesus. The apostles did not have a special kind of faith. Um, you know, and a lot of times people think, well, the, uh, the apostles had, you know, they hung out with Jesus and they got a special faith of being the, the 12. And he said, and here he's saying, the word of faith, which is we preach. Now Hebrews, um, actually no, Second Peter 1.1. I want to go to this. Talking about the faith, that we had the same faith that even the apostles had. And I thought it was funny when Zach said that because I don't think he knew what he was saying. He just said, oh, i got the same faith <laughs> as Mark Hankins. I said, well, I'm thinking in my mind if I did, I'd have the same results that Mark Hankins has. Second Peter 1.1. That's First Peter. I'm going to just read it from here. Simon Peter, a servant of the apostle Jesus Christ, to those who obtain an equally precious faith, with us in the righteousness of our God and Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what translation that is, but he says it's an equally precious faith. The Net Bible says, Simon Peter, apostle of Jesus, who through the righteousness of God, our Savior, we've been granted a faith just as precious as ours. Really, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So he's really the one who's given us our faith. So Peter, Paul, James, all the disciples including us. They didn't have some special faith back then that we don't have now because they were one of the 12. No, if Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, that means we're having the same faith that Jesus has. He's dealt to each one a measure. It's actually, Dad says, the measure of the same, the God kind of faith. But what we choose to do with it is going to be entirely up to us. But we actually have the same exact faith. And so I actually have to apologize to Zach and say I was actually wrong. You were right. Um, I would like to go to Matthew 14... 15 through 31, now we're talking about faith that's producing substance. So now we know we have the same type of faith, that the apostles are really not going to be in another class than us. Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross and being the author, he's given everyone the equally the same faith. And I believe that as we start, we don't look, you know, you don't look uh, that they're so far above us and what they did. I think you actually start to come up to believing um, how they you know they believed? So uh, Matthew fourteen, we're talking about Jesus uh, feeding the five thousand. Did you know that Jesus fed the multitude twice? Did anybody see that in the Bible? I didn't know that till today. Matthew fourteen fifteen. When it was evening, the disciples came to him. This is a desert place in the hour that's already late. Send the multitudes away that they would go into the villages, buy themselves food. And Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. That means Jesus told the disciples, you do this. And they said to him, we have only here five loaves and two fishes. And he said, bring them here to me. And he commanded the multitudes to sit on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes and he looked up to heaven. He blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples which is kind of a, which is a type of shadow is that we are the body of Jesus, so really we're supposed to be doing the work of Jesus, right? He's the head, we're the body. That means that we're the hands. So what the head's doing, the hands are doing. So Jesus, so we're supposed to be doing work in the miracles, and that's what we, we're learning that in Bible school. That's our job to go out and get the get the the sick healed, to get people saved. When we move, God moves. So this is a this is a shadow of that. So Jesus. Didn't go out and say, let me show you guys how it's done. No, he gave it to him and said, you do it. So even today, he's telling you, you're going to go do this. It's your job to go get him saved, to get him healed, to get him, to bring him in. Uh, so he took the five loaves and two fishes looking up to heaven. He blessed it and broke it and gave the loaves to the disciples. And they gave to the multitudes. They ate and they were filled. Then he took up the twelve baskets full of fragments that remained. And those who were eaten were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. So right here you have something called substance. Jesus is taking, he's the head, he lives in us. But even back in the New Testament, he's taking real physical substance, bread and fish. He's blessing it, multiplying it, giving it to us, and they're going out. When they come back, it's 12 baskets, right? That's a physical substance now that they're getting back of all this. So it's not that just faith produces uh, imaginary results. And actually, Jesus was producing real substances. Matthew 15, 30. Actually, um, no, let's go up to, um, just go to, it's on 14 still, just go to 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to a mountain by himself to pray. When evening had come, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, and the wind was contrary. Now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples were wa- oh, and the disciples saw that he was walking on the sea, they were troubled and said, It's a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke and said, Be of good cheer, for it is not I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered to Jesus and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. First thing that I realized is that Jesus, coming off the mountain to pray... He knew who He was, and He knew who He was in the Word and spending time in the Word with the Father. He had a revelation of faith because what happens? He steps out on the water. And what happened to the water? It turned to what? Substance. A solid. Because it says Jesus walked on the water. So His faith is producing a what? A substance for Him to walk on. Okay, that's Jesus. He's anointed. He's God. Peter goes... Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come. Peter's not saved. Jesus hasn't died in the resurrection. He hasn't got the life of God ascended to the heavens. Come down, new body. The disciples aren't born again yet. Peter is still um, not saved yet. And he said, come. Peter steps out of the boat, and what happens to the water? It becomes a substance. We're born again. People filled with the life of God. And I was talking to my friend about this, and I'm thinking... You know, when, are, when is it that we're going to come? I mean, it, it's not that this was just for Jesus, but this was for the disciples and then people that weren't even born again yet. And to me, their faith... Now, how can Jesus make it happen every time? He probably could have. Um, you know, maybe there's just a level of faith yet that I just don't know about. Well, when I find it, I'm going to let you know how that when I step out on the water, it'll turn to substance. But what I loved about it was that Jesus' faith turned the water to substance and Peter didn't have faith training, faith Bible school, nine months of Bible school. Yeah. There was not no secret where Jesus says, now, nah, hold on, before you get on the boat, let me teach you about how faith works. You, before you get out, you need to believe that what you're about to step on is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then when you believe, you need to speak it. He didn't say all that. He just said, come. Yeah. And Peter steps out and turns the substance. So I believe that, it, that a lot of times for faith to work, that there's really, um, especially in that situation, there wasn't a lot of training for Peter, for his faith. So really, faith can work at any time for anybody when they start to believe and apply it just like Jesus said, right when they take the word. You know, John Lake took one scripture, Acts 10.38. He didn't get a lot of healing school training. Dowie took one scripture. You know, the other night, um, I was at, and JC was coloring my hair, and there was a girl and a guy there uh, from up north, And she was telling me about how she had Lyme's disease. And so she was talking and she was really sweet. And one thing I've learned about with um, getting people healed is I don't always, I still pray for people, but I used to just jump and pray for people. Let me just pray for you. But, you know, we were learning the last month of Bible school that faith has to be built. That's why when Jesus went to his own hometown and it says that he could not do no mighty work. Why? Because of unbelief. So what did he do? He went about the villages teaching them, preaching and teaching. Yeah. So what he's got to do is he's got to get rid of all the unbelief out of them. That's, right. That's why he's not having miracles. It's not that he's not able to do it. So I learned that with her, I said, let me, you know, if you have time, I know sometimes you don't have time in certain situations, but I'm learning with certain people, take the time. And so I just looked at her and says, what I'm, and what I'm thinking in my mind is what like what T.L. says, you're waiting for me to do miracles, to stop preaching so I can do miracles. And he says, I'm trying to stop. I want you to get healed so I can stop preaching. Right. He's preaching to build faith in them. Right. That's where the miracles are coming from. What? The preaching of the gospel. What is the power? I think it's in Romans, what is it, Dad? Romans 12? The power is in the preaching of the gospel. So really, so when I started to share with her. I said, Acts ten thirty eight. I just wanted her to grab hold of one scripture. And I'm talking about, she doesn't, I don't need her to get a lot of deep faith. I just said, let me just tell you one scripture, Acts 10.38, how God's anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good, healing all that are oppressed by the devil, for God is with him. Now, I like to say that in the car, how God has anointed me, Justin Morgan, Mount Dora, the Holy Ghost and power, who I go about doing good, healing all that are oppressed by the devil, for God's with me. I'm building faith in myself when I'm speaking this. So, so she's looking, I'm, I'm just telling her, I just said, let me just tell you one scripture. Then I said, let me tell you two stories, because I know with a lot of healing ministries, they tell testimonies. And, you know, it really takes a step of faith for me to step out and, and you know, because they're just looking at you, and, and in my mind, they're like, they think I'm crazy. I, I've got to the point now where if you're going to pray for people and you're going to witness to people, you're going to have to take pride and just put it away. Oh, yeah. it really, and, and it is so hard because you want people to like you. You don't want to look stupid, and I get it, but really, um, and, and, you know, and not saying that every situation, you know, you're going out witnessing, but a lot of times sharing the word is, can be scary, especially when you have opposition with people. And it takes a, you have to take the pride and put it away, especially when you're talking with people. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what you think about me. I'm just going to give you the word. Even if your voice is shaking. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, you know, and I'm, I'm probably bot- botching a few verses, but how am I ever going to learn? How are you going to learn to talk to people if you're not going to do it? That's what courage is. In the face of that, you're going to just take courage and you're just going to speak the word. And it does get easier as you do it. So I told her, I said, let me tell you a story, and um, she actually received it very well. And I her, let me tell you, John, a story about uh, Alexander Dowling. Let me tell you a short story about um, Lake. I said, Dowling got 40 people sick, Use one scripture, got them healed. Lake, same thing, 16 people in his family, I think half of them were dying, Use that one scripture. She was like, oh, wow. So I said, I'm going to take one scripture, and we're just going to pray. Started praying, you know, I think she was crying. And, um, and then all of a sudden, I looked at the, the boyfriend, I said, let me pray for you. But one thing I learned is that you're going to have to take faith and not only build it in yourself, but even if you're starting to witness to people, you're going to have to give them a little bit of faith. Uh, That's why you'll see Todd White go, he'll go up to people and say, do you believe that God can heal you? Because he can. You know, God still heals today. You know why he's doing that? He's building faith in them. He says, God's going to heal you right now. They're like, really? He said, yeah, God wants to heal you right now. And I started realizing, I know what he's doing. He's building faith in them to get them expecting. He's building hope, and we're going to see later what hope actually does. So it's not that, you know, and I always thought, I said, you know, what if it doesn't work? <laughs> well, that's not, that's not what he's doing. The reason it does work is because he's doing what God told him to do. Because hope, defer, hope it says faith is the evidence of things not seen, um, the things hoped for. The evidence, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So substance comes with hope. So, uh, let's go to Matthew 15, 30. So, we're going to go next chapter. Let's go down again. Uh, a great multitude came to him. It should just be the next page. Them having the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and others, and they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. So, the multitude marveled, and they saw the mute speaking. And the man made whole, and the lame walk, and the blind seeing the glorified God of Israel. Now Jesus called his disciples and says, I've compassion on the multitude, because they have continued now with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry lest they faint. Then the disciples said to him, Where can we get enough bread in the wilderness? I'm like, You dummies? Just didn't he just do this the chapter before? <laughs> but you know we're all kind of like that sometimes. I walk out and say, Lord! I need help. Yeah. And he said, didn't I just get you a truck by faith? Yes, you did. <laughs> so I can't be so hard on the disciples. Uh, and, uh, you know, if I was Jesus, I would have rebuked him right there. Because he just says, <laughs> Jesus just said to them, how many loaves do you have? He didn't say, didn't I just do this yesterday? Well, what's wrong with y'all? He said, seven and few have little fish. It's funny how quick the disciples' doubt came back in but that's why he's teaching them. See, faith doesn't come automatically. You're going to have to live a lifestyle of faith, and we're going to get into that later, of why you have to, because even the disciples, they're still, they still have a, a, a stronghold in their mind. A stronghold is anything to where you've let Satan in or something, um, and I taught this in Banner Brothers, that where you unwillingly trust God in that area, because either you got it, or like in your finances, this and that, where you're, you're not, I think how to Max say it, you're not giving God, um, somehow you're not fully trusting him in that area. Because some areas you're fully trusting God, and some areas you're, you're like, well, I, I can do it. You know, I can take care of this, I got, you know, I make a lot of money, I got a 401k. So in this area where it's like my healing, I'm gonna die, so I'm trusting God. But in the area of finances, you know, you're, at, you're relying on yourself and you're really a stronghold. Satan, and Mac was teaching this, Satan can come into different areas of your life where you can have a stronghold maybe in one area and not in the other area. That's why you see people, they may be really blessed and, or, or they're really blessed in getting people healed, but they have no money. There's a stronghold there that has to be broken. So, um, you know, with unbelief, it's going to take time to, to dig up some of these strongholds. And that's why you're going to have to continue in faith. So, what I, what I thought was um, interesting was he did it again, seven loaves and fish, gave thanks, broke, gave the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude, same thing. So they ate and were filled, and they took up seven baskets full of the fragments that were left. And those who ate were, were 4,000 men besides women and children, and he sent the multitude away, got into the boat. So what to me was interesting was Jesus just did the miracle again. The first time, the walking on water, so now substance again. It just seems to me that God is really in the business, and he's not, you know, sometimes you say, well, you know, people say, oh, that miracle, you know, Jesus did that, but he only did that once, and he only did it that way one time. Don't mean he's going to do Here, he, he just did it again. He saw a need and produced it, created substance. Didn't get on the disciples. He just told them, here we go again. We're going to teach you. I'm going to be with you three and a half years, so let's try this again. I'm going to give you the loaves of bread. You're going to go out. So God is he's going to work with us because this, this is going to be a journey where you're going to constantly be learning faith. So faith has to be mixed with something. And let's go to Hebrews 4, 1 through 2. And This is where it starts to get, um, you know, the Lord started really revealing this to me that when, I, um, when you're sowing and you're praying and you're believing, You know, you're not just throwing your seed. He said, you know, he would say to me, he says, okay, when you go to sow something, mix faith with it. When you go to pray for somebody, mix faith with it. You know, don't just go out there and throw stuff and and see it at the wall and see what sticks with God. No, you're going to have to deliberately go find scriptures, put it on what you're sowing, and you're going to mix faith with it. Hebrews 4. 1 through 2. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering into His rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who who heard it. So really, you can sit in this church and hear the word of God, but if you're not going to mix faith and say what He's preaching, I believe I'm going to receive it. Or like when Mark Hankins comes up And and Brother Hagin taught, when he comes up, you say, when he lays his hands on me, the anointing is going to come on me. Brother Hagin says, if I'm up here praying for you, you need to come up and mix faith with it. Don't just come up and go, oh, God, I hope something happens. Well, let's see if something happens. He said, no, you're going to take your faith, and you're going to mix it and say, I believe, I receive. Say that. I believe, I believe, I I receive. So on Sunday, when pastor's preaching, just say, I believe I received the word today. I receive what he's saying. Not just sitting there, he says, what they heard didn't profit them. There's a lot of people, and I, this is, really helps me because I'm like, man, these people have been in this church 10 years, or this one person, what happened to them? why did they run off? It's like that, you know, dad says this all the time. You know, they say, somebody says something really off the wall, and he said, what church do you go to? You know, dad's been here preaching faith, and somebody just, you know, they're, pre- they're talking something totally against what he's been preaching. Why is it not profiting them? They're not mixing faith with it. So the Lord says, when you start giving, mix faith with it. When you go to pray for somebody, don't just pray. What is mixing faith? Acts 10.38. When I pray for you, according to Acts 10.38, so I'm taking a scripture, the word of God, and I'm going to mix it with who I'm praying for. Or if I'm giving, I say, God, you take pleasure in the prosperity of your servant when I sow. Luke 6.38, giving it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall you cause men to give into my bosom. Isaiah, I think, 66 says, I went through the fire and through the water, but you, thou, has brought me to a wealthy place, a place of rich fulfillment, a place of great abundance. You brought me out and you refreshed me. What am I doing? I'm mixing faith with what I'm giving. Because sometimes I'm giving and I'm going, man, it's been like three months and I've been giving some big seeds and I ain't seeing nothing. God says, are you mixing faith with it? I said, no, I was just kind of throwing it in there. (laughs) This pastor just says give and I just give. So it says that the word's not going to profit them anything. A lot of times people don't see profit for anything is why. They're not mixing faith with it. That's why, you know, uh, Mark says you want something that keeps you from backsliding. He says start tithing and giving. And he says you, you know, you'll get in the word and make sure that you'll That's get it. Right. You make sure you get a return on that investment. <laughs> Number one, faith will has to be mixed with the tongue. Hebrews 11.3. By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made out of the things which are visible. I want to read another translation. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what was seen was not made out of what was visible. That's why Satan attacks your tongue. That's why it says in James 3, it says your tongue can actually be set on by the fires of hell. Your your tongue is very powerful. Uh, Brother Copeland was saying the fiery darts in Ephesians 6 is pointed at your tongue. So you actually really turn your tongue on yourself. But what I love it says is is by faith we understand the worlds were framed. Or it says the universe was formed. So God formed the universe by faith. Then he says at God's word the command went forth and the worlds were created. So faith is something that sits in your heart. You're believing, you're. Um, and we're going to get to hope, but I'll jump a little bit ahead, is hope is a confident expectation of something. So God is hoping. He's dreaming this world up. By faith, the world's framed, and then at God's command, the world comes forth. So really, faith has to be mixed with your words. That means you've got to be believing and saying what you're believing for, and there has to be scriptures to back it up. Number two, the word mixed with faith till there's no doubt and unbelief james 1 james 1 let's see what did i even say um I'm not sure where this is at, actually. I thought it was in James 1. Oh, I'm having a, I'm having a pastor moment. Maybe it's in James 3. He put scriptures up. <clears throat> but basically what he says um, in here, he says, because of unbelief, he says, that man will not receive nothing from God because of unbelief. Because a man is double-minded in his ways. Does somebody know where that's at? Is it? Oh, it's before. Okay. Um, I'm going to start at verse 5. Anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven, tossed by the wind, for let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man and unstable in his ways. A double-minded man is a man who has two points of views. That means you say, well, you know, I believe that, but I believe in faith, but, you know, I got a lot of bills coming up this month. Or I believe that God can heal me, but I have pain in my body. Yes, pain may be a truth, but it's not the truth at the moment, you know. And so when you have two points of views, and that's why the Bible says you have to renew your mind because um, with unbelief, you think, a lot of times you come, out of, uh, you come out of poverty, you have a lot of belief in how you grew up because you saw it, how things went and felt. And a lot of people, until you get your mind renewed to where it's not by how things see, and it takes time to take your mind and change the way that you think. That's why the disciples didn't get it right away. So the Lord, you know, one, one thing, it was funny, um, I had a dream one night, and I was talking to somebody about faith in the dream. And I woke up, and I started writing because I was like, man, that's powerful. And I was doing something in the dream that was like a great feat. I'm like Superman. Come down, and I'm flying out of the sky, and I lay and the guy said, how do you do that? I said, and this is really strange. I said, number one, you have to find it in the word where it promises you that you're allowed to have it. Then I says, and I'm thinking, how does this have to do with flying? <laughs> then I says, you have to believe it. And not only believe it, but you have to believe it to the point where there is no doubt that it'll ever that it can never not happen for you. Once there's no doubt, then it becomes a fact. And then I woke up and I'm thinking, woo! I'm preaching to somebody, you know, in my dream. And uh, which is actually you're actually going to see this in Genesis 30. I'm going to go with that. How did Laban know? Is that his name, Laban? How did he know to make the spotted, to put the spots on the wood? It was a dream. The angel showed him. He showed him how to get out of contract with his father-in-law. Uh, dreams are very powerful. He said, take the take the, the um, spot, the, the wood and the oak. I mean, he didn't just make that up and say, you know what, I'm going to make everything. I'm going to take the the sheep, the white sheep, and we're going to, if they're spotted, they're mine, if they're white, they're yours. I mean, he didn't just make that up. No, God showed it to him. It says it appeared into a dream, showed it to him. So a lot of times I take it very seriously. If the Lord shows you something, I wrote it down. I said, and I thought about that for a while. You You read it. You have to find out where, where it's promised to you, where, where you're allowed to have it. It's hard to believe for something that you don't know that's really there. And then you're going to believe it. And then you'll believe it and believe it or, or read it and believe it until there's no, there's no doubt in you whatsoever. Let's go to Mark eleven, twenty three and 24. Oh, man, that's the typical faith scripture. And you know what? You heard it a trillion times and you get to hear it again because that's what faith does. I probably can quote it, but it's more fun to read it. 22, he says, have faith in God. So it's not going to be faith in that you're going to do it, but faith that God's going to do it. Surely I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. So there goes doubt again. You've got to get rid of doubt completely. You've got to get in the word over those scriptures. If you have a problem with, with poverty, you're going to have to take the word of God and drive the doubt out. So one thing Pastor Eric said from the river, and I was watching him one time, he said, the word of God brings light. He says, when I go into a new area, I guess he's witnessing or bringing the gospel. He says, I'll take the word of God as light because light expels the darkness, right? I take the word of God and I drive the darkness out. Yeah. You're going to have to take doubt. You're going to have to take unbelief wherever it comes to healing, yeah. whether it comes to pray. I mean, when I pr- started praying for people, I didn't believe oh, that anything was ever going to happen. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting to the point now, though, after being a year in Bible school and finding healing scriptures and studying and believing and believing and believing, now here it says you're going to believe but you're going to say, believe once, and he says say three times, for surely I say to you, whoever says this mountain be removed and cast into the sea. And he's going to say it and say it and say it until he doesn't have any doubt in his heart. Yes, you're going to say it first, but then you're going to start to believe those things which you say. So you have to start saying it first. Then he will have whatsoever he says. Then Whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. So there's going to be a lot of saying you're going to say. And what I thought was interesting was a lot of times with people and praying for people, like Pastor Eric said, and driving that out, I thought the same thing's true with anything else in life. You're going to take the Word of God and you're going to drive that unbelief out. <clears throat> because it's not just going to... Um, and that's why, you know, you you say and say, but he says... Earlier in the scripture, we said it's not just a belief in your heart, but it's also going to be in your mouth. So you're saying it and you're reading it, and then until your heart gets it, and then you keep on. It says you say, believe, and then you say. So until the point where you have that belief, and then it says it comes to pass. And a lot of times I believe that's why people go, well, I said that a couple times and it didn't work. No, you're going to say it until you believe it. And then after you believe it, it says he'll have whatsoever he says, so you're going to keep on saying Faith is constant. It's not something you do one time. Um, uh, there's another scripture that talks about that. I want to see if I... Uh, I think it's Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing. Just write it down. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not faith comes by you heard. You're uh, a man that's starving is not going to live off of the thought of yesterday's potatoes. I'm sure he'll think about how they used to taste. But if you are not going to live off of yesterday's faith message, faith comes by hearing, which means hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Again, it says hearing twice. So faith, how I would translate it, you're going to hear faith and you're going to keep hearing faith. And then you're going to go from faith to faith. Faith is not something that you arrive to. You're not going to eat a meal one time and say, I'm full. Or you're not going to be like Zach and walk in there and go, I benched once. I know about benching. I did that. I got that. I know how it goes. You push up and down. That's it. No. You want to grow. You're going to go in there and you're going to bench again and again and again. And five years later, you're still benching and you're still going. And you're still working it. Faith's the same exact way. That's why, you know, and the Lord was telling me, just because you got one breakthrough in faith, don't stop it. Right. Don't go, oh, I got the truck, praise yeah. God. And then I'm, then I'm back believing, then I'm back trying to make things happen on this end with my finances. No, God says, I want you to live by faith. That means if the mortgage company calls, or you got to pay, you know, just believe even believe God for the small, small little things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Amber and I were talking about this little bre- brevelli. The Bible says that you have the things which you say. Don't matter if they're, they're, there's a budget or not. Just say, I have it. How God gives it to you, it's not your job to figure out how he's going to do it. Uh, Mark says, just because you know how faith works doesn't mean you know how God's going to do your miracle. Right. Right. So, And one thing is, is don't get off of it when you get the little vi- victories or the big victories. I got the land, got the truck, and it's like, okay. Well, I'm still going to keep my faith. And even when I'm witnessing to people, you know, Dad made a good point to me. He says, when you're standing up here, Put your faith on it that people are going to come up this Sunday and get healed. Or when you're out at the gym, put your faith that you're going to witness to people. The other day I said this. I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to get somebody else saved. I got somebody saved, I don't know, like six months ago. And, it, and it's not all like a, um, it doesn't happen all the time. It goes in like stages, sometimes six months, three months, a year. And I said, you know, I'm going to put my faith that I'm going to start getting people born again while I'm at the gym. This is the place that I'm at. And um, and I, and I started praying for people. Oh, I'm going to jump ahead, way ahead in my sermon. Am I here yet? Let's see if I'm here. <laughs> we're going to we're going to uh, we're going to skip to um, number three. But you can make this one. Actually, I did I did that. Faith till there's no doubt. Okay, good. We're at the next one. Faith has to be mixed with love. When someone belongs to Jesus Christ, it's it's not important that uh, Galatians five six. The ERV version. I don't know what that is. When someone belongs to Jesus Christ, it's not important that they're circumcised or not, but the important thing is faith, the kind of faith that works through love. Uh, Mark Hangin says, if you're not thinking the way love thinketh, you won't be long, you won't, you won't be acting the way love acteth. Job forty two ten. the Lord turned the captivity of Job. When he prayed for his friends, also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. I love that. How Job. So what I started doing in the gym is I started praying for people, because a lot of those guys they look like you know, um, I don't know how do I, how I use a Christian word. They look prideful, arrogant. Look like a bunch of jerks sometimes. You know they're all walking around, crowding around a piece of equipment. I'm like you know you, and like get out get out of the way get out. They're all they're all make be loud. They're, some of them are young and they look proud. And I'm like oh, that guy looks like an idiot. Or <laughs> well, these guys, you know, look like a, I don't know what else word, but a, like a D-bag or whatever is what we used to say. But the, the problem is, is that the Lord said, faith worketh by love. How, how do you, Mary Fran said that to me one time. I, was, I prayed for my neighbor multiple times, and he didn't get healed. Came back from Israel, and I remember praying for Stevie, and he had um, three discs in his back, or four discs. And he, and he got healed, and I remember him jumping over the fence one day, coming to me, screaming and, and yelling, and I'm thinking, what in the world's going on? Because he's never like this. But he's like, I've, I've been going to the doctor 10 years, and he says, I can prove to you on paper I have three or four herniated discs. And he says, I'm completely healed. I was like, wow. So I was asking Mary Fran one time, I said, How do, why did that work? And she looked at, and she said, faith worketh by love. And she says, and she just I think she's just prophesying that. And she says, when you first met your neighbor, you didn't like the guy. But as you got to know him and you started to love on him and pray for him, the love started coming forth that you wanted him to be healed. Yes. And I remember praying for him, but I still thought he was, uh, you know, the guy who drove me nuts. Didn't like him. But I prayed for him because he'd come over drinking, smelling like Jack Daniels, and he would tell me the same story 30 times in, in an hour. I remember one time he's on, you know, his wife would kick him out of the house, and there, there's a rental home right next to my property. <laughs> And so Stevie was very outgoing. he just come over, and he like, hey, Justin. And I'm like, oh, man, you know. And I think later I really did start to develop a love for him. And I remember, and I really wanted him to succeed. And he did get him and his wife and his, um, never got to pray with his daughter because she's really little, but I got him and his wife born again one night, sitting at the house. And I think after that, or before that, he got healed. And my friend said, faith worketh by love. And so, really, if you're going to get out of faith, a step out of love is a step out of God. If you're not going to love people, it says love those, love your enemies, love the people who spitefully use you. So I started. The Lord was like, "Why don't you pray for the people in the gym?" I said, "Okay, Lord, I pray every person in this gym that's here with me right now gets born again. I pray today I can't witness all of them. You lead somebody across their path. I would pray they know what is the width, the depth, the, the height." The link to know the love of Christ. I pray you would send somebody at some point across every person that's, you know, that's I'm, I'm putting my faith out there, which was kind of cool because I'm like, okay, cool, maybe I can pray for all these people in here. Because uh, half of them, you look at them and you're like, you know, they're not, they're not happy, they're not nice. Some of them are nice. Some of them got music on, they ignore you. You're asking, you know this piece of equipment? They just walk off and you're, or they just, I'm like, okay, whatever. But I started praying for people. And it's interesting how my heart has started to turn. I see people walking around, looking like this, and I'm like, you know what? God loves him. He, God want, you know that without Jesus, that boy's going to hell, you know. And they're, they're they they just they're all looking to taking up the whole line as they're walking down. And you're just moving out of the way, you know. Okay, just. But I started to to pray and put my faith out there, because you have. I, you, it's not, you praying for people at the gym is not going to work while you're not in love, while you think everybody looks like a jerk, you know what I mean? And so really, um, the God as you grow in God, you can't grow in God any more than you're growing in love, is what Mark Hankins would say. So this kid the other day, we've been friends for a while, and the last time I talked to him, I met him a while back, and every time I talk to him, he's just like, yeah, bro. You know, I'm, I got a studio, and I'm making money, and it's about money, money this, money that. I'm just like, all right, whatever. You know, and, you know, I got my kid, but I got to make money. and so I'm, like, so I'm like, you know, what about following the plan of God? I said, how about praying? And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 you know, but, uh, you know, I'm making this music. And it's like I'm talking to him, and just nothing's going through. Everything's about music and money. So, and, you know, getting famous or whatever. So um, I just said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to pray for him. Because he, say he just, people just say a lot of crazy things, and after a while you're like, man, that guy's an idiot. But faith workers by love. Pray for him. Lord, I pray that you'd open his heart to receive you. I pray that uh, <clears throat> he'd get a revelation of who you are, that he's lost without you. Bring him to the end of himself. Because right now there's a lot of pride in there, and all he talks about is music and money. Well, I think, like, I thought, I, after I it's been probably a year, maybe eight months. I saw him, like, last week, and he's a whole different person now, which is funny, because I think he realized that he wasn't making money like he thought he was, <laughs> you know, without Jesus, Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing, right. and so, you know, so I started talking to him, he just said, yeah, started working for my dad, still got the studio, but, uh, you know, I'm helping him, and I'm still gonna do it, so I said, have you, I said, Kirby, I said God gave you the gift of music, right? He said, yeah. I said, well, wouldn't he know how to use it and what you're supposed to do with it? He said, well, yeah. I said, you ever talk to God about it? He said, he goes, man, I probably should. So we started talking. Next thing you know, and, and you know, I, you can't be in so much a hurry sometimes. Sometimes I know you, you're, you're in a hurry, but this day I had, a, I had some time off, and so I was really trying to get my work out and get out of there. But I feel like when the Lord says, just take some time and just stop and talk, so I said, you know what, <clears throat> I'm going to put the question out there, and I said, even though, you know, it could make me look stupid, there's a lot of guys working out around us, but I don't care. I said, Kirby, I said, would you like to pray and make Jesus Lord? Because we got to the point where it's like if Jesus isn't Lord, you're, you're without Jesus, you're not going to do anything in life. But without the plan of God, you, you're just living for yourself. So he finally just listened, and I thought it was cool, because a year ago, the guy wouldn't even, I'd try to talk about Jesus, and he just, he just kept talking and talking and talking and talking. I couldn't get a word in. <clears throat> so this time he just, and I was like, you know, I think that praying, you know, praying for him really did a lot of work. help. Yeah. Sometimes when you're not getting through to people, at least the way you think, you're going to pray for him. Yeah. And one of three things is going to happen. God's going to change them or he's going to change you. <laughs> 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 or he's going to change both. Because, you know, for me, for this guy, I actually started to really develop a heart of love for him. Even though, you know, he just said some of the stupidest things. Um, sometimes, and, and I get it. You know, you're a sinner. You're going to say crazy things. But, you know, he was a music guy, and he's my friend. So then uh, he gave his heart to Jesus the other day. Amen. So we just sat there in the gym, and, and um, but I did what pastor says. I said, would you like to accept Jesus? And he just looked at me and goes, you know, I'm not sure if I've ever prayed. And he's not getting it. I'm like, okay. Just, I said, let's just ask Jesus to bless and to come in and help you. And he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just grabbed him and I says, just repeat the prayer. He so, said, Jesus, I make you Lord. I give my gifts to you. I give my life to you. I even consecrated him. I consecrate myself to you. He don't know what he just prayed. <laughs> <laughs> I prayed the prayer of consecration one time. And, uh, it's a, and like John Lake says, that's a whole separate prayer where it's not only are you born again, but now you're said, I'm going to give my life to you. So I actually made him say that. I said, Lord, I give you my life to, you know, to do your will. Take me as I... I, mean, I every consecration prayer I could think of I made this guy pray. And, uh, you know, he got real happy, and I felt great. I was like, man. So I'm, I'm starting to use my faith, which and the Lord has, you know, as I've started to pray for people in the gym, um, my, actually my heart is growing towards the people there now. Where I used to walk in, and, man, you look at them, and I'm like, stay away from that guy. Stay away from them. You know, oh, man, them those... They look, that girl looks rough. You know, man, she needs to get saved. Well, yeah, she needs to get saved. But um, that's what I'm there for. And how are they going to hear without a preacher? And uh, that's actually, um, there's a scripture. See if I can remember it now about about preachers. Um, It says, how do they hear without a, Romans Romans 10. Yeah, go back to that. Where's the scripture that says, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, Ephesians 4. <laughs> go to Romans 10, and then we're going to go to Ephesians 4. Amen. Man, I'm glad somebody here knows the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> um, how... How will they call on him whom they've not believed? And how how do they not believe in him whom they've not heard? And how should they not hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who brings glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Really, you know, the, the preacher is sent to preach the gospel of peace but then down there he says faith comes by hearing so he's talking about the preacher preaching faith so we're going to go to Ephesians 4 real quick 4:11 I'm just kind of going off of a whim here cuz I just heard this but and he gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and teachers For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man. What is the equipping of the saints supposed to do? It's going to be so they can work in the work work of ministry. And what is the work of ministry to do? Till the body of Christ gets edified. Till we come to what? The unity of faith. And how without a preacher are they supposed to hear? If, you, if the preachers never preach faith, people say, why well, don't go to that faith church? Well, if the preachers aren't preaching faith, and they're not building faith in the people, the preachers really need to be building faith in the people. Because without faith, they're not going to be equipped. And without faith, there's going to be no work of ministry. And without faith, there's going to be no edifying of the body. And the preachers, you know, most of them don't preach faith. So you guys are in a good place where you go where somebody um, preaches faith. And let's just see how... Let's go to Ephesians 6 real quick. 6.10. How, how important is faith? So really, no equipping of the saints, no work of ministry, no edifying of the body. That's what we're here to do. Pastors are supposed to be doing. And you know, you. we, we all are ambassadors of Christ to preach the gospel, but we're supposed to preach faith to people. That's why I said, you're going to build faith in people. The other day I was... Um, Talking to three different people in a day, I got the kid born again, went out with somebody else, and then later that night, I'm on the phone with somebody. And you know it, it's a lot of work to sit there and to tell some people the gospel, and friends are just sharing your life story, your testimony, and, and they're sharing all their junk and their garbage back with you, and so they're, they're feeding you with doubt and you're feeding them with faith. <laughs> I got so tired I was like, man, I don't want to miss her to another person. But then, you know, you get to hang out with people that are like faith and they just build faith back, back in you. And how important is faith? So finally, my brethren, Ephesians 6, 10, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be, with, be with able to withstand the wiles of the devil. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, uh, blood but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness, against the sage, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. What does 16 say? Above all? Above all. Above all all the rest of the gear, take the shield of faith. So what does that mean? That without the shield of faith you don 't have the helmet of salvation without the shield of faith, you don't have the the, the the boots that are out preaching the gospel of peace without the shield of faith, there is no sword. All the rest of it isn't working if it 's not done by faith and you're not exercising in faith so a lot of times you know people want to uh, the faith message really is powerful, and um, people i'm learning that If you don't have that shield protecting you, even though you have the rest of the armor, he just said above all the rest of it, put the shield of faith on. That means you're standing there without the shield of faith. You're just standing there without any shoes, without any breastplate, without any belt. You're just walking around naked. And the devil is just taking advantage of you. And I feel bad for churches that don't preach faith. They don't build people up in faith. Because they're people just walking around, laying down, letting Satan Satan take advantage of them. Because that's the, the shield is protecting the whole body. And that's really, he's saying above everything else, you better make sure that shield's staying there. That I mean, you better make sure you've are you got faith in you and you're putting faith in you. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's why I feel sad that people just, oh, I don't like Brother Copeland and I don't believe in all that, that word of faith stuff. Well, you're just walking around and Satan's going to beat your brains out. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have, oh, do you believe in peace? Oh, I believe in peace. The gospel of peace, well, you can't have peace without faith. That's what he's saying. You can't have truth without faith. You can't have righteousness without faith. So faith really is such an important part. And going back to three, faith, you're going to have to mix your faith with love in order for it to work. Job, it said he prayed for his friends. You're going to have to pray for people and get get into a habit of it. Number four is faith is going to be mixed with hope. Oh, my goodness, the clock is ticking. I'm going to just do a Hebrews 11:1. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. What is hope? It's a feeling of expectation, desire for a certain thing to happen. A verb, a definition excludes, uh, expect with confidence. A cherish, to cherish, to cherish, a desire with anticipation. I was talking to Mary Fran the other day, and she said, I'm always looking around the corner for the supernatural of God. Now she says I never you know leave out the manifestations of God, the things that are always happening, people's lives being changed, people getting healed. But she says I'm always expecting God around every corner to do something, the expectation, the hope of him. So that's what it so that's what hope is. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. That means you're going to have to hope. You're going to have to have things that you're expecting, desired your desire for certain things to happen. Well, don't get your hopes up. No, he's telling you to get his hopes up. When you go to pray for people, get their hope. You're, you're building hope in people. We should be building hope and faith in people, letting them know that God wants to heal them, that He's going to, that things are changing, that there's a new day coming. That that just not just today, but um, you know, Joshua. I think it's eight says, Sanctify yourself today for tomorrow the, the Lord will do wonders among you. Well, I say, Lord, today is what tomorrow was, so today you're doing wonders among me. But also tomorrow you're doing wonders, and tomorrow, and the next day. And I just love quoting that scripture to him. You've got to stay expecting. Even when you don't see things happening, the confident expectation that, that the hope and the things that you're desiring are coming to pass. So faith has to be mixed with hope. Um, you, yeah, like I said, you can't live off of the faith that you heard yesterday. Number five, faith has to be mixed with works or action. James two fourteen through twenty six, and I'll I'll wrap this up here. Oh man, I got so much more notes. Oh no, don't tell, don't uh, don't tell Pastor, because then he's gonna want me to go again. Uh, James 2, 14 to 26. What is a prophet, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he does not have works? Can faith save him? Brother or sisters, naked and destitute of daily food. And one of you says to him, depart in peace, be warmed in filled. field. you not give him things which are needed for the body. I mean, you're saying, hey, you know, I, I know what you're going through. Let me just pray for you. Now have a nice day. What is a prophet thus that faith by itself... Oh... When you're needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself. Like I said, faith is going to have to get mixed. It does not have works, it's dead. Someone will say, you have faith, but I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well, even that the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, a foolish man, that faith without works is dead? So he keeps on going to say that, um, that Abraham was accounted to righteousness by faith, even as 100 years old. Uh, I want to read Proverbs. I'm just going to read this. Proverbs 20, 18. He who works in his land will have an abundant of food, but he who chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. Rick translation. Those who work hard and put their full energies into their assignment will be abundantly and richly blessed. You're going to have to take what you are believing God for and start putting action behind it. You want to build a home or you want to buy a home, just plan it. Start planning it you don't know how to do it. It's so like you said, like you said, sow a little bit. You want to start praying for people and getting them healed? Well, start putting the time in. Faith without works is dead. Putting a list of scriptures together, like putting a healing thing together. Whatever you're believing God for, there's going to have to be a corresponding action to go behind it. It's faith without works. So that's the fifth thing. Faith without works, you have to mix faith. And so we're going to go back through one faith. has to be mixed with your tongue. The word has to be mixed with faith until there's no doubt and unbelief. Faith has to be mixed with love is number three. Faith has to be mixed with hope is number four. Mm -hmm. Number five is faith has to be mixed with works and action. I remember when my mom, when we would go build a home or we were looking for a home, you know, it was like, I don't have any money. Oh, it doesn't matter. Get in the car. We're going to go look at property. Mm -hmm. Drive around. What about this one? What about this one? I I, know I can't afford this, can't afford that. She said, shut up. Get in the car. You know, you're going to buy, and mom was great because she would look at me like, you're going to buy a home, we're going to do this. And then when we found the piece of property, and she's like, do you like this? I said, yeah, this would be great. And I'm like, well, how? we started talking the numbers, and then, well, you know, 685, this is at the time, back in 2016, I can't afford this. She said, you're going to buy it, you're going to afford it, and you're going to do it. And I'm glad she pushed me. But this whole time, you know, I don't, I don't have, there's nothing there, but it's step out anyways. What are, like when I ask the Lord this, if there's even things you're believing for and you're like, okay, well, how do I put works to this? Ask him, how, how can I put works to this thing that I'm believing for? Maybe it's just you're, you're, you're starting with a notepad and you're just writing it out, what you want to do. Find something to start putting action to what you're believing God for. Like he says, taking something and putting a picture up on it. And that's what I did with my truck. I put the picture up on it, put the picture up everywhere, started getting in the word and quoting, mixing it with faith, and then I start giving towards it, and you're putting action behind your faith. You can't just say, oh, God told me to do this, and then there's no action behind it. No, a man who works his land, uh, what does it say? A man who, let's go back to this. I love the scripture. Um, He who works his land will have an abundant of food, but the one who chases fantasies we we'll have a soul of poverty. You're going to have to work it for it to work. It's not going to be easy. Faith's is just not, healings aren't going to just start popping off when you're healing. You're going to work it. You want to get people saved, you're going to work at it. You're going to go and you're going to fail and you're going to witness and you're going to fail and you're going to talk and you're going to fail. But as you work that land, and it's talking about money here, so you're going to have but I'm saying even in the realm of witnessing to people, you're going to work at it until that next thing you know, a person gets saved. That's what Todd White said that he would. I think he went a whole year praying for people, nothing happened. But he started learning, uh, and I don't think it takes a whole year. But I think God's getting rid of unbelief, and then He's showing them in the Word, and He's showing them how to talk to people, and you're learning how how and you know how to respond when people are saying things. Um, and you know, and maybe he didn't have a word of faith background. But you know, I believe that God is, is there's a, the law of faith. There's just certain things that you do, and once we do them. We start mixing with our tongue. We get rid of the doubt and unbelief. We mix it with love. We mix it with hope. Get that desire and that expectation back. Dream. Start dreaming like Mac Hammond talks. Sit in the morning and just dream and then write out a plan of how it's going to happen. And, um, and then as, as, you know, maybe the plan doesn't happen, but God will adjust it as you move, as you step out. But you're going to have to do something. You can't just wait. God's not gonna just going to drop everything on you. Uh, you know, you want to start teaching and preaching? Get in front of your bathroom mirror and preach. I'd got, man, one time I came up here that night, there was nobody here, and Dad said I was going to preach, and I was so afraid that I was going to go over, I wasn't going to be able to do an hour, so I sat here and preached to the seats for an hour. Uh. And I preached, and it was like 30 minutes, and I'm like, i got to go add some more stuff to this sermon. But you know, your are and I mean, Brother Hagin said he'd go out into the pumpkin patches and preach at the cabbage heads. So there's faith, there's action behind it. He's doing something. You're not just going to, well, I'm waiting for my place to preach, or I'm waiting for an opportunity No, go out and beat the doors down. Go talk to people. You want a job, you may go uh, fill out five applications and then eventually God's going to go, let's readjust you over here. But he can't move a car that's just sitting. It has to get moving. So let's pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you that the entrance of your word brings light. We thank you for faith. Father, I pray that we learn to take faith and we mix it with hope. We mix it with the word. We mix it with love. We mix it with actions, Father God. And above all, we just continue, like it says, to just to have faith in you. That it's you're the one who's doing it. Father God, but you're using us as we're your body, as we're in the earth, as we're gonna go out, as we're gonna begin to get people saved and born again and healed, and as we talk to people, as we pray for our friends, as we pray for people. We may not see it happen right away, but you know what? Do it again. Do it again. Keep praying, keep praying. You don't see it happen the way from that person's life, keep praying. And God will, will adjust your prayer life. Keep praying. And he'll go back in the word and show you one more thing about prayer. He'll open a little more light on prayer. As you take action in prayer for people, he'll begin to teach you prayer. It doesn't always happen right away. And, Father, as we do that, as we're just faithful to your word, I begin, we'll start to see um, the substances of faith. I thank you that we're going to start believing you to see substance in our life. Substance in our church, substance in our pocketbooks and the things, the cars that we're believing God for and the things and the homes and the people getting born and getting saved and substance, actual physical substance coming from the realm of the unseen into this realm, Father. That we start just believing you that every day, Father God, substances are being made. We start expecting it, looking for it. Every, every corner, we're expecting you, Father God. You said that we'd be a natural men, knowing how to get, or, or sinners or, un, or natural men, we know how to give good gifts for our children, but how much more does our Heavenly Father give to those who ask? And Father, I pray we get a revelation that you're wanting to get the goodness of God to us. But Father God, I pray that but we have to receive it by faith. And we just receive it now. We just receive it. When pastor preaches, we receive it. When we hear the word, we receive it. When we read the word in the morning, we just receive it by faith. When we speak the word like Jesus, we just receive that answer by faith. And like Reinhard Bunke said, the word of God is as powerful in my mouth as it is in God's mouth. And like we'll start taking our words seriously. We thank you for it. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. How to take you to 820? I couldn't go to too okay, short. Okay, I'm going
0: to ask you all a question. One question. You remember when Jesus, they came and he said, feed the multitudes. And he, they mentioned their paycheck. We don't have the money. What does faith have to do with your job? Did you know the nothing? Your, God moving, has, you need to keep your job. But God doesn't need your job to, to meet that need. I want to say say that again because I want you to think because every time you start believing God you'll do what Justin did and you'll go I need a new house but this is what I make you have to that's doubt I want a new house and God said so let me ask you another question remember Mary he said you hey woman of God blessed woman she says "I, I, I don't even have a husband that's important but and it didn't stop God. We could say I don't have a banker. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the schooling. I don't. Don't tell God what you don't have. Just what He said, give and it what would, and it'll be given. God will meet your needs. Pasture, other than your job, don't go quit. But God's word is according to His riches. And so what Justin is saying is, once you get the Scripture, don't look around at how you think, well, I want a house, but I make this much. No, I want a house, and God said. That's, that's the end of that equation. And, I, and what he's saying, I am just kind of thought, let's bring it down to... Go out here right now, grab scriptures, and don't try to figure out how you and your job and your brains are going to help God get it. That that has nothing to do with it. He just said he's, he's able to do exceeding, abundant, above anything you can ask or think, regardless of where you work, who you're married to. And how much schooling you have. That's not an issue. So anyway, did just do good. Any doing good. I'm saying that because I want him to draw his house up. I want him to go get blueprints to draw his house up. And we're going to get in here and agree with him for a house on his property. Regardless of whether I pay him anything or not. Amen? Y'all have a good night. Get out of here. God
1: bless you.